0: Oregon will be without its two leading rushers from the past several seasons as C.J. Verdell has announced he is going to the NFL. What to make of his career as a Duck in Eugene, his NFL prospects, and where this leaves the Ducks come this fall. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single weekday. If you want to get a question answered right here on the show by me, your host, Use the hashtag ask Pod in a tweet or hit me up on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or the at on Ducks Twitter account, and you can slide right up into those direct messages and ask me a question, which I will answer on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. So Oregon now at the running back position. Is looking a little bit thin. And I said on yesterday's show, if CJ Verdell leaves with Travis Dye having departed for USC, we need to go get Jarek Broussard. And it looks like, from what I have dug around and looked at on the interwebs, it looks like that's going to happen, but nothing is confirmed. Things can still change at the last minute, but there is just a lot of fit there for, for Broussard coming to Oregon. You know, he wants a new environment. We need a guy who is proven to be a successful bell cow style running back in the league, or at the very least is going to be able to split carries Byron Cardwell Jr., who is now going to have a tremendous opportunity. And I think if you bring in Broussard, it doesn't guarantee that he's going to be the number one guy. This could be the opportunity of a lifetime for Byron Cardwell Jr. or even Sean Dollars to establish themselves as the feature running back. But I'll get to a little bit more on on the Oregon stuff later because I just want to talk about cj verdell because he's a fascinating player to look at what sucks for him not that he's going to the nfl that doesn't suck good for him i hope he has success he might be able to find some i think he'll find a role but what sucks is that his last game at oregon was the stanford game from this past season which leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth of what was a really solid career in Eugene for the Ducks. I mean, he was a dependable, until this season, productive, capable running back in a number of ways, and you knew he was going to come out and play hard every single week. He was a high-rated three-star recruit on 24-7 sports. Some places had him as a four-star coming out of modern-day high school in California, which, by the way, produces a lot of great athletes. The most recent ones that come to mind out of that uh, very high school, Bryce Young, Bull Bull, you might have heard uh, heard of uh, either of those guys. I think in the NFL, C.J. Verdell projects as likely a mid to late round draft pick. You know, it, it's not in fashion or in vogue, you could say, in the NFL right now to pick, an, pick a running back high in the draft anyway. And I don't think Verdell has those traits or the well-rounded nature to his game that would warrant him being that sort of top selection. But is he good enough to be a running back in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. I think he can find a role. You know, he's only five foot eight, which is really short, but he's two hundred eleven pounds, so he's pretty sturdy. Not huge, but he's sturdy. And I think his biggest shortcoming as an all-around player is a lack of elite lateral quickness and a cutback ability. You know, I think that limits his total upside. But he's a decent pass catcher. He should be able to find a role as a secondary or complementary back, and you know get some spot starts throughout the year. Because when he's running downhill, he, he is a physical runner. He he is really good in that in that sense. That's why Crystal Ball loved him so much because Mario wanted to run the pistol, which is all about you know downhill physical running, and he does that very well. But you know you never saw him make uh, lateral moves like Lamichael James did, or that we even saw Byron Cardwell do. Over this past season, or Travis Dye was capable of. That's not his game. He's, you know, good in short yardage. He's got good enough speed to pull away from guys in the open field. And if you're able to create a lane for him, you know, he will he will run a guy over, maybe make one miss, but he he's a guy who seeks out contact. That's sort of his MO. Is he he wants to come downhill and he wants to hit you hard. And I think there's always room for Guys like that in the NFL, and who knows? Maybe he'll he'll prove me wrong and and become a, a number one running back somewhere. But I, I imagine he'll you know bounce around uh, throughout his career on a couple teams, and you know he'll be able to get carries on a on a fairly consistent basis. But I was thinking back, I was thinking back on you know kind of what his career was at Oregon, and how strange it's now going to feel for us Duck fans to have neither him nor Travis die because those two have been the feature backs for the last four seasons at Oregon. That's a long time. You don't get guys who play a full four years very often. You know, we had Herbert for three and a half. We had Mariota for three. It's just not most guys that are, are that good that we're watching all the time and talking about all the time are good enough to go to the NFL. So they will do that after three seasons of college football. But verdell's career had had one particular low moment but had some really high highs as well and I'll tell you about those after I tell you that Bet Online wants to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. It remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year, new updated desktop and mobile website, so sign up today and get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code LockedOn to get started from football, basketball, hockey, other sports, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so Verdell's career at Oregon, he came in as, you know, a, a rock-solid recruit, a guy who you would figure would get some carries, and he did and he turned out to be a, a productive physical runner as we saw and you know i i don't consider him or travis die for that matter who i've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks i i don't consider them top five running backs at the university of oregon in my lifetime just as all around players when you factor in explosiveness and productivity all that sort of stuff which isn't to say they both they weren't both immensely productive because they were die is fifth all time right now in career rush yards at the University of Oregon. Verdell is right behind him at sixth. And part of that is the longevity factor because like Jonathan Stewart, who I would put above both of these guys overall, even though I like them both, I think Jonathan Stewart's a better overall running back, but he only played for three years. But also it's a testament to their preparation and ability to take care of themselves, which is a part of being an athlete at any level that they were able to play for four years. And You know, Verdell didn't even get a full fourth. He only got, you know, about a a third of the season, so he he capped his yardage a little bit there. But running back is a physical position. I I mean, there are a lot of injuries at at the running back slot when you just look at, at, you know, college and the NFL. It's probably the most banged-up spot outside of, you know, maybe linebacker. You get a lot of injuries because you just have those big collisions over and over. And even though these are, you know, lifelong football players, who are, who are big guys and physical and all that sort of stuff, and they got the pads, it, it still takes a beating. And their ability to, to be productive over the last four years, I think it was was really great. Are they necessarily the most talented I've seen? No, but they were, they were very solid. And I think you have to give C.J. Verdell props for helping build this program back up to a place where we want it to be, right? And I know that there are some of you out there who are happy that Ball is gone because he had some in-game coaching shortcomings and I don't disagree but he also did a lot of good things to build the program back up to where you know we hope Dan Lanning is going to be able to take it over and get it to a national championship level and Cristobal recruited a national championship level and won games at a very high level in college football and CJ Verdell was a big part of that and you have to give the guy props for his resilience as well because if you remember Back in 2018, his freshman year, he had that fumble in Crystal Ball's only loss at Austin ever against Stanford. It was just a weird game. You know, Jalen Reds' foot hit the pylon. Then Jake Hansen, our All American center, snapped it over Herbert's head twice inside the five. I mean, that was a. I, I still can't believe that Oregon lost that game. Now, They ended up having a couple of road deficiencies against Utah and Washington State. So we weren't going to go to a great bowl anyway. But still, it would have been nice to win that one. And that was a a painful, painful one to watch. But C.J. Verdell had that late fumble with inside of a minute to go. And then shortly thereafter in that same season, it was the statement Oregon is back win when we beat Washington off of a college football playoff performance or a college football playoff uh, appearance, I should say, the season before. We beat them at Autzen. I I remember I was actually in, uh, in Europe studying abroad at the time, and I remember staying up until whatever hour it was watching that game, and I was in my hotel room. I was actually in London at that time, and I was going berserk. I remember the call, McDonough. You know, straight on, a touchdown, C.J. Verdell wins the game for Oregon. You know, like I remember that moment so vividly because it looked like Washington was going to be the ascending program, and then we put our foot down and said, no, we're still here. And C.J. Verdell had a great game, had that game-winning touchdown. I don't know if you thought my Sean McDonough impression was any good. You can let me know if it wasn't, and I'll never do anything like that again. But that was a great moment for him the Pac-12 championship game against Utah, and this year's game against Ohio State. Probably those three, the best moments of his career. And when you look back in 10 years and say, boy, he was a part of some really big moments, I, I think it just is kind of unheralded at this time and it's because of something that I I fully admit earlier I don't think he's a top five Oregon running back doesn't mean I don't think he's good but in my lifetime I've seen five who are better I'd have LaMichael and Kenyon ahead of him uh, Jonathan Stewart I'll put DeAnthony Thomas in there and probably Royce Freeman Uh, those are probably my top five in some order can't say I've thought it out fully but He was a very good running back and a really good guy, a productive player who had some great moments. And I mean, think about all of those moments that he was instrumental in being a part of the program building win, sort of the build back win against Washington State that got the ball rolling in that direction in a big way once again. And then the Pac-12 championship that led to a Rose Bowl win against utah and he played well in the rose bowl as well though the utah or the wisconsin defense was stiff in that game and then the statement road win against ohio state he was a monster all game and i mean those are some really big moments to be a part of and then that's why i think we as duck fans should be able to look at his career and appreciate everything that he did and the moments that he was a part of because those are three of the most significant moments in oregon football in the last five yeah, probably about the last five years or so. You know, in the kind of post-Chip Kelly-Helfrich era, those were three of the most significant ones. He was right at the middle of them. So, yeah, shout out to Verdell for a great career. Best of luck in the NFL. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll end talking about Verdell with this. I, I'm kind of glad that we finally know that he's going to the NFL. I was saying on yesterday's show, man, I just uh, I, I just want to know, you know, kind of either way. But I, I felt like... I was going to have to come on here like the news anchor in the Simpsons movie, if you've seen that. You know, he comes on, he's like, day 37 under the dome. The town is running low on everything from gasoline to Botox. Then his face melts and he has to clip it back. (laughs) It's just, that's kind of how I felt. It's like we just hadn't heard anything. And I, I, I think, you know, it was kind of getting to the point where how it was at the end for me with Mario. Like, I, I just want to know what's happening one way or the other so we can have a clear direction and not be left in uh, this state of limbo. But we're not. You know, congratulations on a great career, CJ Verdell. Best of luck in the NFL. And where Oregon goes for here is something I'll get to after I tell you about Get Upside. And everyone who buys gasoline has to have Get Upside. My listeners are making 25 cents. For every gallon of gas, every time they fill up, just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play. Use promo code SCORE. And if you use that promo code, you get a bonus 25 cents per gallon in your first fill up. That's 50 cents cash back on your first tank. Instead of paying, depending on where you live, 370 or 410 for gas, it would be 320 or 360 for gas on that first tank. If you use promo code SCORE, there's no catch at all. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e gift card. Amazon and other brands, just download the free get upside app, promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. All right, so now the big question with CJ Verdell having gone having uh, left for the NFL is where do we go from here? And I, I said this on yesterday's episode. I will reiterate today. We need to be able to get Jarek Broussard. The potential of Byron Cardwell Jr. and Sean Dollars is clear. I think it's immense with both guys. and I am glad we're going to get to see what they're capable of because sometimes you know it can be frustrating to see glimpses of some young exciting players and then you know maybe they don't get to see enough playing time and they end up leaving. Doesn't look like we're going to have that, especially after the whole dollar's in the portal, out of the portal, in the portal, out of the portal. Who knows? I also heard that that was sort of a compliance issue, that they'd click the button on accident. I don't know. He's here. That's what matters. Assuming those two guys are healthy, I think they can be highly productive running backs. Am I going to be able to say that you know they have the potential to be all-time Oregon greats? No. I don't think that anyone can really make that prediction, but... Can they be good enough to help Oregon win at a high level? Yes, absolutely. Right now, on the recruiting trail, Oregon doesn't have any running backs coming into this class of 2022. That could change come signing day, but I haven't really seen that many that are on Oregon's radar. And when that's the case, rather than trying to you know, uh, divert some resources to get a running back to commit to add depth, This is when you utilize the transfer portal. You know, Oregon has been hit by it with Travis Dye and DJ James and Robbie Ashford as well. You got to be able to utilize it. And I think that Dan Laney and company know that. They had Broussard on a visit. I believe it was over this past weekend or at least sometime within the last week. And I, I think that if they're able to get him, a guy who has proven to be not only productive in this conference but capable of being a number one guy... He not only brings a little bit of a veteran presence to the running back room, but you just got to have bodies. I mean, without Verdell and Die, you need more bodies in there. And Broussard, it it just seems like a perfect fit. I will honestly be surprised at this point if he doesn't come to Oregon because he will have the opportunity to get plenty of carries and and compete for the starting job. And then Oregon obviously has the need at, at that position. So it just seems to be... Uh, sort of a match made in heaven, you know, like Oreos and milk, like those two things just go together. Losing our top two rushers from the last four seasons is going to be strange, because I don't know if I even remember a time, uh, I mean, I do, I'm just, you know, joking around on here and such, but it's hard to remember a time where Oregon's running backs were not C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye, 1-2, and now we're going to move into what is hopefully a new era with you know uh, some combination of broussard cardwell and dollars and you know like i was saying running backs have a lot of value i mean you want to have talented ones because you you, because obviously it's a skill position you want to have a talent there but you also want to have a number of guys because as i mentioned earlier on this show they are you know very likely to get hurt as we saw with verdell this year and they get banged up even if they don't have you know season-ending injuries as Riddell, unfortunately did this past season after the Stanford game. He got injured, uh, I think late in the third quarter of that one. Running backs oftentimes have to, you know, miss one game here and there, maybe a couple throughout the season because, ah, well dealing with a, a sore shoulder or his leg isn't, isn't quite right. And, you know, having that flexibility and allowing the coaching staff to be able to have productivity when the top guy is not fully healthy, I think is really important. So, that's why I want to see them go get that. But here's the other thing that that, that, I, that I thought about. Yes, it, it could hurt Oregon's running game to lose to two guys who have just been stalwarts in the backfield for the last four seasons. But how much of an impact will it actually have on the Oregon running game, right? We haven't seen Cardwell be a number one back, nor have we seen Dollars get even a significant volume of carries. But both have... The potential with the athleticism and uh just physical traits that they've got to be successful but if i had to choose between keeping the offensive line we had from this past year or the running backs i am taking the offensive line seven days a week and as i've said many many times and will repeat i liked those running backs they were quite good and they did a lot of good things And the numbers back that up, as does the eye test that we all watched with Oregon football over the last several years. However, running backs can't do anything if they don't have a good offensive line. Travis Dye might very well learn that when he goes to USC because their offensive line unit is sort of a mess. I mean, it has been really suboptimal the last couple of years. that has been probably their weakest unit on offense by far because... They're always able to get skill position guys, and now they've got Dye and Austin Jones, so that's a talented backfield, and they'll probably get Caleb Williams, who still hasn't committed anywhere. I have no idea what's going on with that or what he's waiting for, but he's clearly got some other offers out there. But the offensive line creates the holes, and running backs, what the great ones do is they're able to make guys miss at the next level right michael james would break free and then he'd juke a safety out of his shoes or he would you know lower the shoulder and finish a run uh you know he was always sneaky good at at doing that verdell of course did that quite a bit and that's where running backs differentiate themselves but in the trenches if it's a 3rd or 4th and 1 90 to 95% of the time whether or not you pick it up is about whether or not the offensive line gets a push. That, that is the most important part of it. And, and this offensive line, I'm sure you saw it throughout this past season, but if you didn't, just go back and watch some of the highlights. They move guys around in a big way. I mean in a big, big-time way. That was Ball's identity. That was the position he played. Oregon never had a bad offensive line. And it's very possible, depending on how successful the next staff is actually going to end up being coaching that position, that this is the best offensive line Dan Lanning has to work with as, as a head coach of the Ducks. Now, I hope that that's not the case. I hope they're able to get to you know every level that we can possibly dream of as Duck fans. But, but this line is really good in a lot of ways, and I think that's going to help these relatively unproven backs you know, Cardwell and Dollars and hopefully Broussard, though Broussard is definitely a little uh, is definitely more proven than those two guys. I think this line's going to be able to help them out a lot. And and having that consistent push up front, it is going to allow them to showcase their skills. Cardwell, the lateral quickness, Dollars, the straight line speed. He's also a, a little bit of a bigger back. And I, I think that there's a lot of potential here. And then the offensive line coming back is putting me completely at ease with respect to Oregon's running game come 2022. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.